This podcast is brought to you by DNA Ticks, the genetic ecosystem. The genetics industry is coming to the blockchain. For the first time ever, users can test, store, and transfer their DNA safely and anonymously. DNA Ticks is transforming the way we map, store, and use DNA. The DNA Ticks token sale has just begun. Register now to get early access to the new genetics ecosystem. DNAtix.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. This podcast is brought to you by DNAtix the genetic ecosystem. The genetics industry is coming to the blockchain. For the first time ever, users can test, store, and transfer their DNA safely and anonymously. DNAtix is transforming the way we map, store, and use DNA. The DNAtix token sale has just begun. Register now to get early access to the new genetics ecosystem. DNAtix.com. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Anouk Whiprecht. Um, I saw her on a, a couple of videos on YouTube, TED Talk, and uh, she's, she seems to be a really innovative designer. She created some dresses that, that emulated how spiders move. The dress could you know, expand and contract. And uh, she seems to be involved in a lot of really cool and usual design type elements. Um, so that's, that's my introduction. Maybe it's a strange one, but uh, Anouk, how are you doing? Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thank you. I'm doing fine. Yeah. So tell me um, a little bit about your background. What what led you to work on these kind of interesting projects, you know, and what was your journey to get here? Yeah, sure. Um, I started myself with uh, fashion design, with couture and tailoring. So really how to construct garments and how to put that on uh, on the body, basically. And um, I started pretty young. I was 14, 15 years old. Uh, you can do that in the Netherlands, where I'm from. And um, basically I started, yeah, constructing uh, women's wear so uh, garments for uh, for women and uh, what I found fascinating at that time like growing up sort of um, growing up with like for example MTV and channels that have uh, clips and people are wearing stuff and they are expressing themselves through the things that they wear and that you see it around you on the street I was really fascinated with uh, what fashion could do how it could express and how it could uh, communicate something from you uh, in a very uh, yeah personalized matter. Uh, so this is basically how I got into fashion, really for the expressive and the communicative um, yeah mode of that. Uh, later on uh, in my life, a few years ahead, I got a little bit bored of just making garments, sort of, because ideally I wanted something else. I wanted to have these garments do the talk themselves, like express themselves and communicate themselves uh, without you only having to put it on. So when I was 17 years old, I got interested in uh, robotics. So for me, the robots, uh, when I looked at them, they were the heartbeat and they were the brains that I wanted my garments to have. Uh, So I started to um, combine it in the beginning of 2000. I started to play around with computers, like putting computers on the body, uh, seeing what you could do with that. A little bit later on, um, I moved to Arduino through uh, the lab of David Coarculas and Massimo Bansi in Sweden, uh, who were just uh, developing that platform. And they were inviting designers and engineers to come to their lab to try out what they want to do with 
the use of the Arduino, which is a microcomputer platform. And okay. basically, um, sorry, I had a call, a call in between. Um, basically, that uh, gave me the opportunity to work with an, yeah, a smaller module than basically putting a big computer on your body and uh, yeah, allowing me to really go into sort of more detail of uh, how to put electronics in, uh, in design. So uh, the garments that you make, you know, I saw them in a fashion show, but are they, do they have like practical real world uses or is it more for parties, you know, where a woman wants to wear like a really, you know, eye-catching, amazing outfit? Like what's, what's your intended use? Is it just for fashion or is it more practical? Um, I think like, for example, my, my, um, yeah, my designs are either reacting to the environment around them or to the body itself, to the things that we do. Uh, for me, it's not necessarily for party. For me, it's really uh, investigating, for example, social norms or um, uh, connectivity or, or um, yeah, working with uh, a medical problem, for example, there, like, yeah, for me, myself, it's not necessarily only the, the belief and the notion of fashion, this expressive notion, but what does it do? Like, what happens? My main question will be, what happens when and if you put technology on, on the body? Like, what does it do? What can it perceive? What can it sense? And how can you create an interaction with that? Uh, so that is a little bit my base, would be interaction design and uh, engineering around that. Yeah, you know, years ago, they had, like, mood rings, you know, you'd put them on and it would change colors supposedly according to your mood. So like one thing I thought of as you were talking is, you know, what if um, a woman or a man, they wore an outfit like a shirt and it changed colors according to the emotions that that person was feeling so that someone talking to them would be able to see that and maybe change the conversation based on what they're seeing. I don't know if the person would want to show that, but that's just one thing I thought of as an idea. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, that's, an, that's an, always an interesting uh, comparison. Uh, Mootering, uh, it works on basically crystals that react to temperature, um, and that has to do with your body. So your your body is heating up more and it's changing in uh, in color. So I think that's that's a really interesting notion. Um, for me personally, it's also like interesting because we as humans, by the use of technology. Um, we have been putting up our own notion of a facade, for example, you might not always want to tell a certain emotion that you're feeling, you know. So at the other hand, when you are wearing something that is really displaying your emotion, uh, it's something that you might want. Like maybe it's very uncomfortable, but it is a very pure notion of like really the state of how you feel, which can also get you into another kind of uh, element. Sort of, you know, it, it can be an interesting conversation or dialogue with the world around you. <clears throat> so for me, it's always interesting, like how different things regarding to society and um, yeah, how that how that can be perceived and how you can uh, yeah engage with that. Well, tell you know for listeners that haven't seen. You know, videos of you yet. Tell them a little bit about the um, the spider dress and maybe some other creations that you've worked on that are, you know, that are interesting. Yeah, the spider dress um, I created when I was working at uh, Intel. Intel is a semiconductor uh, company that, that you probably know. Um, and I was working in Oregon. And at that time, that was 2014, um, they had a little micro module that was coming out. It's called the Intel Edison. And um, I got invited there as, um, as basically a designer or engineer to uh, basically work with that module and see what I could come up with. 
And um, yeah, that is basically where I based uh, my spider dress on. It was the second version. The spider dress was already existing as a sort of a laser cut version, uh, more of a prototype. So I had the possibility to, or the opportunity uh, by the use of the Intel Edison to basically upgrade that to a full mechanic and animatronic design, which is uh, fully 3D printed as well. So there's a notion of architecture in there. There's like um, elements in there, like electronic sensors, and uh, basically what a dress is doing is it has a mechanic limbs on the shoulders and it has a proximity sensor in the front. And basically when you're stepping into the personal space of this dress, it is attacking. So these, yeah, sort of mechanic robotic limbs on the shoulders, and you can Google it and you can see it, um, they are ripping forward, sort of almost trying to, um, yeah, protect this notion of personal space for the wearer. So here you can see a piece of technology that is out there as basically sort of a mechan uh, yeah, a defense mechanism in order to preserve or protect your personal space or even to sense your personal space. Um, <clears throat> the system itself, it's uh, programmed in 12 states of behavior. So it's not that, it's, that the system is only attacking in one way. It uh, chooses depending on the speed that you're walking up uh, to the design, in my case, the sensor, and also where you're standing in the space. So it's choosing between a very dancing, a very nice, um, slow mode when you're standing further away to a very harsh um, grab when you are coming way too close, you know, or even the two limbs are pushing you away when you're actually coming in sort of the personal intimate space of the dress. Um, so for me, the spider dress is really an, a sort of yeah, device that has multiple behaviors in where I really wanted the system behavior to reflect something as a mechanic, yeah, sort of a mechanic defense mechanism uh, for yeah, so somebody stepping up to this uh, this design. You didn't have a uh, extra Black Widow mode added on to uh, <laughs> to attack people if they got too close, huh? <laughs> yeah, sort of a uh, Phantom, the Phantom mode. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, for me, like spider dress is one. I'm working a lot with emotions. I also have a dress which is uh, equipped with sensors. When you, the more people there are in the surroundings of this dress, it's called the smoke dress. And um, the more people that are in the surroundings of this dress, uh, the more smoke this dress is evading. So that's a little bit the notion of like sort of biomimicry, looking at nature, in this case, looking at the octopus, uh, the octopus or cellopod is pushing out ink and then it's basically diving away. So in my case, in a gallery, I cannot use ink. Uh, so I'm using smoke, but it's a little bit the same notion of like using a defense mechanism that an animal has in nature in a certain state and putting that to the interaction of this, uh, of this dress. So that one is called, um, yeah, the smoke dress. Um, it's a very much more a dress rather than a very alpha dress like the spider dress. The smoke dress would be very more intimate, more shy, um, dicing away in this la layer of smoke. So it's a very uh, sort of poetic kind of design for me. Yeah, I saw the spider dress in the video and it did react just like a spider would. It was really weird. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I always say like it has the mechanics of a spider, but the behavior of a cat, like when you're too close to a cat, it will still stay on its point. It will not dive away like a spider, but it will clasp or grab with its little paw sort of. Um, so it's it's like I love to combine like multiple uh, behavioral elements of like different animals. But basically, if you're walking up to this dress, you have this really very much an um, intuitive or a very yeah, organic kind of feel when you're in actually interacting with the dress, uh, which can be uh, a little bit dangerous, which can be very poetic or whatever it can be. 
based on this kind of interaction. So what, are these um, are these dresses for practical use or is it just demonstration of concepts? Like what, you know, are you selling them or, you know, can you get a spider dress or the smoke dress? Um, what happens is um, uh, they travel around a lot. They are at like showcases. Some of them are in museums. Um, I made a few replicas of both dresses. So one you can see at the Autodesk Gallery in San Francisco is the smoke dress. Um, the a current exhibition about robotics that is touring through Europe. Um, there you can see the spider dress and also in the computer museum in uh, Germany will be a spider dress installed um, at the end of this year. So um, they are, yeah, they are all over the world traveling with me. Um, a few of them are in my studio. And I'm always like hands-on working on them. For me, uh, they are both, um, yeah, again, what you say, a demonstration of what technology can do. Um, it's also like sort of an, yeah, research for me, like really a research for me regarding to like robotics and electronics and uh, certain kind of technologies on the body. Um, I lend them out, for example, it's not, it's still something that if you're working with robotics, it's, it's, it can be precious. Um, you need to know how to handle it sort of, you know, so there's other things that I would make like accessories, for example, but mostly when, uh, I'm presenting a dress, I am there almost like a mother, uh, figure, like when, whenever we do a showcase, um, I mean, uh, at other occasions, I would ship them to a person if it's on a red carpet or such things. But for me, it's not my main notion to like to sell it as a collection. For me, my main reason is uh, to like really investigate this field um, as as uh, as yeah the first frame regarding to these uh, yeah sort of more showpiece dresses. Um, if I'm making a collection, that is another thing. Or if I'm making an accessory. Um, kind of a certain accessory or wearable or uh, other development, then it is for uh, yeah the notion of selling that to an audience, for example. But mostly in the case of the the really big sort of more architectural um, yeah showpiece dresses, those mostly stay in a certain realm. So um, have you been contacted by movies to make um, you know like they have like superheroes that would have these interesting outfits that can do stuff. You know, have you been contacted or talked to any movies where they would use your dress designs? Yeah, um, I, uh, yeah, from the entertainment perspective, the first time I came to America was in 2011 for the Super Bowl. Um, it was a collaboration with Bea Ackerlund. She is a stylist in uh, Los Angeles from uh, Sweden. And we did the Black Eyed Peas during the halftime show. So uh, the outfit at Fergie, she's the main the singer, uh, was was uh, wearing it was a shield with high power LEDs and it was uh, shoes with optic fiber. Uh, so those are created as more an entertainment um, thing, sort of. With the same stylist at the time, I was living in Los Angeles between 2011 and 12. Um, I also redid Britney Spears. Uh, we did, yeah, sort of a few like music stars. Um, I have been mainly for the movie industry uh, been advising because mostly what I do in the end it is. Uh, like putting CGI over it, so they might not want to have a working uh, prototype, for example, which I personally like better because as soon as it comes out of the screen, I think it's much more interesting to see robotics in a real life kind of thing. But um, yeah, it's more like advising on how and what. And uh, from that point on, mostly the teams are in CGI, so computer graphics, they would work it out, uh, whatever they want uh, with yeah the actors cool. and, and green screen sort of. So what are you working on now? What's your latest project and what is it about? 
Uh, one of the projects that I'm working on here is um, ancient unicorn. So rather than like one of my dresses, this is a uh, device and it is a device created for um, yeah, sort of attention deficit. I work with uh, children with ADHD and it is basically a unicorn horn headset with a little camera in there and it has on the back of the head um, electrodes, so gold-plated electrodes. And what I'm measuring there is EEG. So I'm measuring brain signals and I do that on the back of the head. And there's a particular wave that in EEG uh, you are measuring, it's called the P300. So the P3 wave, and this is uh, the wave that uh, really is dedicated or showcases attention def deficit. Um, so basically when uh, I have it on or somebody um, that I give it to, uh, what I can do is I can measure when there's attention, when attention is being triggered sort of. And in my case, in this um, headset, uh, this little camera in the front is going on and it starts to record. So whatever triggers my attention, uh, this little camera goes on and it's recording eight seconds of what is happening around uh, around me at a time. So what I'm doing is, what I try to do with this headset is um, yeah, try to um, showcase that anything and everything has an effect on you. And then in, in this case with kids with ADHD, uh, anything and everything that has an effect on them has just a little bit more effect on them than maybe a normal child. And that is really fun to work uh, in, in, yeah, for me, it's really fun to work with kids because they're so curious. They want to know everything, you know, and it's also a very playful device because it's a unicorn. And um, yeah, in a way, everybody seems to love unicorns. So it's, it's also a very fun and playful product. Do you, do you play back the, um, you know, what was seen during the day in the eight second clips or how do you work? Yeah. Correct. Um, at this, when I'm testing, when I'm demoing it, um, it all comes into my uh, screen on my computer. I'm working at the moment um, on uh, putting this all to an app. And for me, it's yeah, it's really basically just to be able to go through with the child itself and with the parents, uh, like whatever happens to trigger the attention. Like really big triggers of tension would be like a really loud sound. It can be a really bright color. It can be uh, somebody calling your name. These Everything. things would be really kissing a spike in attention, for example. Uh -huh. But um, <laughs> okay. Well, so what? Um, so is this going to be? You said it's going to be used for children with ADHD. Is it in production right now, or is it in schools, or where is it being used? Um, I'm testing it. I just moved to Miami, so I'm here in Miami, Florida, and I'm in, uh, I'm busy with uh, some uh, yeah centers for both autism as, as ADHD and also uh, centers for uh, neuroscience um, out here. The, the point what I want to do in 2019 is to open source it. So basically putting all the files online, putting the codes online and um, also basically a do-it-yourself, how to create your own. And I want to see how I can give, give accessibility um, yeah, to this project um, by open sourcing that and um, being able to uh, to get other people to like develop with it and play with it. Well, very cool. What uh, any other ideas? You know, maybe one or two more ideas of something you're working on that will be coming out soon or in the next year or so. Um, I am busy with a collaboration with uh, Swarovski, the crystals, and um, yeah, the basically the project is about recording ECG, so the heart rate and broadcasting this at the same moment. Uh, so this is a um, necklace, what we are developing at the moment, uh, which is doing ECG readings from the frontal area of the chest. So normally when you're doing um, readings of the heart rate, you need to sandwich the heart 
between two electrodes. And in this case, um, by the chip that we're using and the sensitivity of the electrodes, um, I was able to place it up. So it is an, uh, yeah, sort of a crystal that is hosted on your chest, like your ch upper chest area where normally a jewelry piece um, is, uh, is being hosted. Uh, so that's kind of a fun thing for me because that is the first time that uh, something goes into more production line of a jewelry piece. And um, yeah, that's just that's really fun to do uh, with a team of Swarovski. And uh, we're also launching a dress with it. So the dress itself also is sort of an, yeah, expressing also in uh, in color and in pulsation uh, this notion of whatever the sensor is uh, is detecting, so the heartbeat. And yeah, again, that is a really interesting story regarding to uh, like showcasing your heartbeat on your sleeve and what it can mean, what it can mean if uh, you are in a conversation and people start to notice that you're nervous, for example, you know, or you are on a date and all of a sudden your heart starts to race. And it's really the notion of like, yeah, looking at yourself and really sort of outsourcing yourself by whatever means, like the notion of being uh, vulnerable, uh, for example, you know, because people can exactly see what is going on as, see, as soon as they see the pulsation and the color of your heartbeat. Uh, so that's a really fun, uh, yeah, kind of research what we're doing there. And also by the use of their crystals, uh, looking at what their crystal is now and what we can do with it. So with the team of Swarovski, we are looking at, uh, for example, putting little conductive layers over the, um, uh, over the crystal itself. So when you touch it, uh, you don't push any buttons, you are pushing a crystal, for example, um, and also building the sensors in there, building lights uh, in there, building like, yeah, the sensors in the physical crystal itself or by, um, yeah, by electronic components on the crystal. So that's a really fun thing for me from seeing to work with a really big scale thing like a dress in going to a really small sort of size and uh, having to push all my electronics, like make, making the PCB, um, as small and as dedicated sort of so it fits in a little piece around your neck um so yeah coming from dress designing to sort of jewelry it has some constraints but it's also really fun to work with it in that uh, in that sense well very cool so where is a place where people can find out more about the projects you're working on and you know see what you're doing literally you know it would help definitely to to get a visual yeah. on it for sure yeah, people can uh, go to my um, website. You can also go to my Fimeo uh, account. Mostly I post like yeah, the movies on there. Um, you can also go to my Instagram. Um, I'm active on there or my Facebook. So if you type in Anouk Vepert, you can find yeah something um, from that. Mostly the other things um, is I'm often at CES, for example, the, the big uh, trade show. I'm going to be there in 2019. Um, I'm mostly to be found on the bigger maker fairs like San Mateo or New York or Make Fair Rome uh, because I love the maker scene and I love all the makers and uh, all of that stuff. So there's also events that I often go to or give lectures at schools and, um, and as events as well. So you can find that on my website. Well, very good. Anouk, thanks for coming and... Uh... Really interesting the stuff you're making. So uh, you know, keep it up, <laughs> and uh, I'd love to see what you come up with next. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Thanks for talking. <laughs> you have been listening to Almost Here, around the corner future technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence. 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.